0: Hey everyone! Welcome to the Founder Hour After Hours. After Hours. Wow, that was really good timing, Pat. Um, <laughs> this is the third episode of the After Hours. Uh, we're excited to be here, and we get a, we have a special guest with us today. Ooh, Mister Alex Martinian.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Welcome,
0: Alex. <laughs> Alex is a good friend of ours, and he's gonna you know he'll chime in here and there and talk about uh, what he's an expert at, which is investing. Uh, I think that's a topic that a lot of folks would be interested and curious about, but also he'll kind of join in on our discussion. Um, Just as a quick segue, it was Patrick's birthday about, let's see, 11 days ago. Don't blow up the DMs. 11 days ago, yeah. Don't blow up the DMs, but do, but do. Blow up those (laughs) DMs. Slide in those DMs. Uh, May 12th, he he turned 36, just kidding, 26 years old. (laughs) He's a young little kid. Um, he's now older than me officially, so congratulations! By like Pat. two weeks, yeah. So he's now the older one.
1: The highlight of the birthday, though, you didn't tell him, is it was Nerses singing "Happy Birthday." Yeah, yeah. So we had
2: a yeah. I mean, I don't know who Nerses is. We uh, it was a good it was a great night. You know, you both were there, and uh, we had a blast. And uh, was Too much Clif- fun. Clifton's Republic? I don't know if anyone's been there, but it's great, a, it's a great Los little spot. Angeles. Yeah, spot, great yeah. music, great vibes. Uh, there's a big tree in the middle, which uh, which which adds to the vibe. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, by by the by the time it was like I don't know what time it was like one one a.m. Some crazy number. Uh, we were like many drinks deep. Yeah, and, and he
0: means water. Like I got, I got like overhydrated.
2: Yeah, I would say the highlight of the night, as Alex just said, was uh, I walk out and you know we're like leaving the the venue and all of a sudden I just hear someone singing Happy Birthday on the street, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, is, what's going on here? And uh, I look to my left down probably like I don't know uh fifty feet away mm-hmm. and posh here has stolen a microphone from a street performer and is singing
0: happy birthday to the top at the top of his lungs.
1: He had good tone. Very oh, good. He had a good tone.
0: Very yeah good tone. it's on video thanks to Mr. Martinian who's <laughs> our special guest today. So what um, we'll do is
2: we'll post that video. Maybe for maybe, you all to see. Maybe
0: if this if this we'll post like an after hours like post on Instagram. If that gets two hundred and fifty likes We'll post the video. (laughs) We'll post the video. Um, So we're going to talk about our last four guests, and we'll delve into other interesting topics as well. Um, We'll start off with the H. Wood Group boys. Yeah. John and Brian Toll. Uh, In our second After Hours episode, we talked about how we broke into their Bootsy Bellos party, essentially. Mm -hmm. Broke in, got in, whatever the word you want to use. And then we had a chance to sit down with them and talk about their journey uh, of launching multiple concepts and failing, and then continuing on their journey. And I don't know who I was talking to, but somebody actually told me that that was their favorite episode because they liked the fact that we discussed the failures. Yeah. They said that it was interesting to see that they failed so many times, not once, not twice, but three times. And they still kept going. Yeah. And I, think I, I like the fact that it was there. like
2: they haven't done many interviews. Um, you know, if you go search them online, you know, yeah. they've done like a couple like print, print. Uh, interviews but not very many where they're like either on camera or on on a podcast so I think that was cool because like they got to tell
0: stories that they haven't said before yeah Alex have you been to any any of their venues uh I've been to
1: the shore bar there you go yeah there you go I think uh, it was also interesting because I think we talked about this a little bit after but you talked about how it was kind of like they were just throwing parties and having fun and then like a business kind of grew out of that too so it's like you never kind of know what leads to something else you know i mean like even like these side projects it's like always a good idea to kind of yeah and fund it to kind of learn these things so
0: and it's hard i feel like to figure that out at the time because you're like oh i'm just gonna throw parties and then what i'm gonna launch a 50 million dollar business but i think i think the more i think about it day in and day out like just got to do what you're good at and what you like to do and i think you're you'll eventually just figure like either you'll figure it out or the universe will figure it out for you And you'll be like, oh, I should probably be doing this. And this is how I can make money doing this because this many people like what I'm doing. I just think you just have to keep going. Like, that's it. Like, it's as simple as it might suck like 90% Mm -hmm. of the time. I I mean, like, I think all of us have bad days. Like, we've talked about this before. Like, it's not, you're not always like, oh, yeah, like, I'm on top of it. Like, I'm killing it. Most of the time, you're like not killing it, you know. (laughs) You're killing it very few times. But when you are killing it, you're killing it. So I think it's just like the beauty of like, Really just consistency and just keep on going on. Like that's it. And that's what they did. Uh and now they have what, fifteen, twenty venues?
2: Yeah, they're killing it, man. I mean they're they're moving from just like bars and lounges and clubs to doing hotels, hotels now. Yeah. Um so they're they're definitely, you know, thinking big and, and executing and I don't know. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and I'm not encouraging have people to go hotel. and start
0: like a venue right now because it's not easy and it's not the greatest money-making business but i think what we're more so encouraging is if you're good at something like in this case john and brian were good at bringing people together and you know going to parties if you're good at something and you're like i don't really see that turning into like a money-making machine think again like just keep doing it just keep keep throwing your house party keep you know going to a bunch of events keep i don't know bowling and eventually, you're gonna figure it out. Yeah, and this is one thing
2: that I mean. We talked about it with um, drama, which was our most recent episode, which we'll get into. But um, I think it applies here too. Is like you gotta also look around you and what's happening. Like if you're good at throwing parties, that means that like you're you're, you're attracting people. People are coming. At that point, you re- you kind of already know. Like, yo, I can do yeah whatever with this. Like, I can be successful doing this. Um, Right? Like, it's kind of like looking at what's around you and, like, the opportunities that are around you as opposed to, like, I feel like people might have this sort of, like, vision of, like, where they want to be and it might be outside of, like, what they're good at, uh, which is fine, too. But sometimes you just got to look within yourself and be like, damn, I'm already good at this. Like, why not just double down on it and make it my quote-unquote career?
1: It's also interesting, like, I think also combining your unique skills in different ways that are done differently, you know? I think that's important. Like, somebody who's good at marketing and understand something else it's like you can kind of think about a way to mix mix those together but i also think nurses touch on something which is something i used to think when i was young it's like you have to have a lot of money to start something but right. often there's like capital light ways that don't take a lot of money which is kind of how yeah. they started right they were just throwing the parties they didn't own the venue at that point no. that you can learn you learn where how people fail yeah and then you can like scale up your test change things out and if you don't sink a huge amount of money in things like you can test a lot of things and learn
2: yeah mm-hmm. absolutely
0: yeah, that was a good episode. Um, then we had a sit down with Brett Crosby, who is the co-founder of Pierce. Street. Mm-hmm. But Brett's a Brett's a crazy dude. Like, I mean, like his resume and like yeah. everything he's done is just absolutely insane. Um,
2: Launched Urchin Software Corporation,
0: got bought out by Google. What, yeah.
2: became Google Analytics. Then he was at Google for ten years. Uh, was part of the launch and growth for. You name it gmail drive yeah. docs you've
0: definitely used a product that <laughs> yeah. Brett Crosby's been involved with, yeah let's put it that way. like you might not know who him who he is yet um, or ever, but you've definitely you know been impacted by his work, uh, and he was a super cool guy that you know really really he's like a true entrepreneur really yeah. even even like when he went to Google, it just seemed as though he was able to bring that entrepreneurial kind of drive with him in working on those different products. Um, and for me, that was kind of interesting because he was someone who got out of college, started a business, and then sold it, and then he became an employee. Yeah, like he became an employee for a big corporation. Like he went corporate, and I think I my, I might have asked him that question um, during the podcast. But it seemed like he really enjoyed it. Like he really loved Google. I don't think he wanted to leave Google at all. No. and I found that interesting because I don't know if I would be able to do my own thing, get used to that kind of lifestyle and then go work for a massive corporation
2: yeah i think what, what, he, what he said was like urchin they didn't really have a huge team like it, yeah. you know they had a decent sized company but i think that he was kind of excited to see like how this like massive corporation worked um but i think the most like i think fascinating part for me was how he left google mm-hmm. at, at, a, at a stage where like he's older he has a family and it's a big risk to go start a brand new company um but obviously you know you need a Smart decision, like knowing that there was an opportunity there, um, and he's been right about it. I mean, they haven't. What is it? They funded half a billion dollars, I think, something like that, uh, and haven't lost any money for their investors, which yeah. is crazy. Like that's yeah. a that's a niche business that he's figured out yeah. is uh is solid. So mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. that's awesome. It takes a lot of courage to do that too, to leave yeah. that established thing. I mean, like it's when you have, None of us have those kind of responsibilities, and it's you know,
0: yeah. it's not, that's not easy.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Our next guest was Ryan Hudson after that. Honey. Yeah. I I wonder if people have heard of Honey, you know, because... I love Honey. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I've saved like literally hundreds of (laughs) dollars. It's brilliant. Yeah, I'm not trying to sound like an advertisement here because they don't sponsor us yet. Um, (laughs) said spent all that at Patrick's birthday though, so there goes (laughs) Honey Savings went there. Thanks, Honey. Um, (laughs) It's a great name too because like there's so many different like ways like of just viewing what it actually means. Yeah. Yeah. And it was – I just loved hearing – I mean, like, this is a guy that started this company, like, literally overnight Mm -hmm. because he wanted to order pizza and he wanted to save, like, a dollar. And then he's like, I should just build something that maybe can, like, curate coupons from the internet. And so he did, and now it's Honey. And it's the same product. It's obviously better, but he said, like, the core of it is still the same. And there's, like, what, hundreds of engineers there. Yeah, and
2: you you wonder why, like, right? Like, you know – someone maybe in their right mind like thinking like I want to start a huge company out of this like little thing. But I think he – it was because he was like a tinker all his life. Like mm-hmm. he, he talked about how like even from a young age like he would just like play around with like calculators and just mess around with products and things like that. So I think one thing I learned from that is like just even if you're like playing around with something and you don't see like a big potential in it, like it could lead to something else. It's mm-hmm. just that, that habit of like you see something that you you think could be better or, um you know, could improve – x you know just do it and it could end up becoming a massive company out one day yeah you know
0: so what was our final guest's name
2: mr drama damn
0: drama was something else drama is a great guy drama's name yeah he has like his own podcast uh that just launched their 100th episode it's called short story long he basically interviews a bunch of cool people um i think mostly in la yeah. probably um but he's had bigger guests, Kyrie Irving, Wiz Khalifa, I don't Ms. Khalifa's, I think in LA. Um, just a bunch of folks. Check it out. It's called Short Story Long. Um, and we had the chance to sit down with him for the founder hour for episode nineteen and basically talk to, and he's obviously a founder of a company as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just
2: love how much practical like advice and just wisdom he had to share. Like yeah. not even business wise, just like life Because I yeah. think he's someone that really comes from like you know, very humble beginnings and had to figure it out on his own like no, you, you know nothing was really given to him yeah. so to 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 take that big risk of like moving from ohio to la at like 18 19 years old with no vision no mm-hmm, nothing mm-hmm. but he like he said he like chased the opportunity chased the action yeah and he eventually figured out his way but i think you know he's he's someone that i i feel like definitely learned a lot of things along the way and we'll never forget that so like now that he's sharing that i think was very cool and he does that on his podcast too which is awesome
0: yeah yeah for sure and then he has his other podcast with d who was our first guest yeah they're like business partners as well who cha- they have a yeah. podcast
2: and a youtube channel
0: yeah um yeah so that was episodes 16 through 19 yeah we just t- talked about uh so definitely check it out Much a lot more exciting ones to come Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a lot. People, people are actually, you know, let's talk about some of the things that fans tell us. You know, like <laughs> they're they're surprised that we've even reached episode twenty, which yeah, is this is episode twenty. What was the number?
2: Like the magic number, thirteen?
0: Uh, I think thirteen. Yeah. yeah, someone someone told me if you get past thirteen, you're legit. But like usually most podcasts like stop after, like before they reach that point so congrats man congrats to us like <laughs> so i have a
1: question for you what have you learned in this whole process that's a very
0: very vague and ambiguous question i like vague and ambiguous <laughs> um, questions you
1: can take them wherever you want so i love it makes me understand how you think
0: what we've learned so far mr martinian um should i start go for it i've learned that there are a lot of dope people in la number one um i've learned that a lot of them are somehow connected to one another already, whether they've met or they've heard of each other or what they're doing. So the community is definitely, I would say it's a tight community of people that are, you know, quote-unquote founders of LA, which we'll get into what we mean by that. Um, And more so just that people are willing to sit down with you if you give them a reason to. Like when Pat and I first started this thing off, Um, You know, we've we've had conversations with folks like this before without a microphone, and we've wanted to have a bunch of conversations with folks, and we just never knew, like, we never found, like, a good reason to sit down with them. Like, you know, I can't give, I don't know, Elon Musk a good reason to sit down with me right now, but if I tell him or, you know, if we tell him, hey, you know, we have this podcast that focuses on LA founders, you know, we've had, you know, multiple dozens of folks on there that you will recognize and we want you to be part of that the chances of that are higher because we give them a reason to sit down with us as opposed to hey we just want to you know shoot the shit with you um and people are willing to do that because i think people are willing to bet on the fact that number one podcasts are you know growing and that audio is growing but also more so that there is a need for good content in the world like you know just think about it when you're at home you know, after work, before work, at lunch break, whatever it is, like, you're always either on Instagram, on YouTube, on like, you're always trying to interact with something or someone, and trying to kind of, like, get all this content, and then you want it to be unique, you want it to be different, and that's, that's what we're moving towards, like, I mean, like, streaming channels, like Netflix, Hulu, like, this is why they're winning, it's because people want more content. Uh, so those are a few of the things I learned. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I could go on for days to answer that question, but I'll let Pat.
2: Yeah, that's all That's answer. all great. Yeah, Definitely agree with all that. Um, what, I guess just to piggyback off of that, like the fact that like these guys are all, I would say pretty successful in their fields, but still willing to kind of just give back and give back that like wisdom to like the younger generation, especially, but anyone who's willing to listen, um, I've learned is something that is possible, whether it's through a podcast or yeah. something, but just having that medium, which is great. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing I learned from like just the our, our, our end of things is like, you know, to not take like a conventional route, like whether you're launching a podcast or a YouTube channel or an Instagram page or some sort of content mechanism, like don't do what everyone else is doing, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, that's, that's something that's really tough to do. Cause like, you know, I, I, it takes some time for you to figure out your identity and like really just like push that forward. But, uh, and it's something we're I'm continuing continuing to learn all the time every day. Hmm. But uh, that's definitely something I would say I've learned throughout the process.
0: Another thing I just thought about was, you know, we've interviewed a good amount of people at this point. And uh, I mean, it, it could be controversial, but I wish that there was more female founders like in LA. And we've interviewed a good amount of, you know, female founders, but a majority are definitely male. Like even in the people that we've reached out to, a lot of them or the majority of them are men. And I think that you know it is something that's growing for sure as far as female, um, you know, female founders, but it's still not anywhere near you know equal to the m- number of men that there are. So I think that, and I, I mean, I encourage like you know young women and you know actually any women of any age to really kind of think about that. There's a lot of opportunity, whether it's you know to inspire other female entrepreneurs or. To, you know, have companies focus more so on females. I mean, there's definitely a need for it. Um, You know, a lot of our friends that are female are very, very entrepreneurial and I'm sure they'll go off and do great things. But we need more of that because I think they bring a different sort of vision, a different sort of, you know, struggle, a different sort of, you know, leadership to the table. And um, I would like to see more of that, both as our guests and both in the the real world. Going
1: back to something uh, both you guys kind of touched on, but I was impressed with the quality of the guests that you guys have gotten and I remember I saw this clip on uh, YouTube or something once somebody had posted on Facebook and it was Steve Jobs and I think he said like pick up the phone and often people don't do that and Mm -hmm. he ended up calling I think like William Hewlett or something or David Packard one of the two guys from HP and talked to him and it's like I think we underestimate how often people are going to respond to us and tell and like you said like giving them some value proposition but even without that sometimes people like still help out and Mm -hmm. in my life it's like if I contact somebody randomly, like one, I think th- assume the chance of them responding is like 1%. And it actually ends up being like 25%. It's yeah. like way higher than you think. It's like, yeah. we just don't pick, try it enough and you guys have done an awesome job of that.
0: And we've learned that too because we'd be like, ah, there's no way this person's going to answer us. And they answer it. Like for example, yeah. um, it could be premature, but it's okay. I don't care. Um, I was interning for Mayor Garcetti a couple of years ago. Um, and obviously, you know, Mayor Garcetti's in LA and we want to interview him. And so, for months, we've been saying this, but we're like, ah, what are the odds of him actually having time to be on the, on the show um, or even wanting to do it in the first place? But we're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to email him. And obviously, like, not him directly, because I know he's not going to answer. But emailed a bunch of people that are on his team uh, that I had, you know, their contact information. And a few days ago, we got a response, like, like literally, like, a day after we sent that email, like, hey, would love to have a conversation with you about having Mayor Garcetti on the show. When's a good time for you? It's awesome. Boom. Man
2: teaser we're working on it we're working on it's it it's not confirmed yet but we're working yeah. on it yeah
0: we had a call two days ago um with them and um it's, we'll see where that goes we'll but, get them you, on. but you know what it means like you know like that's what i mean like yeah. i think what you said is right you just i mean the worst answer is no and you're already there yeah like if you don't ask you're out of no and if you ask and you get a no you're still out of no just might as well i mean your chances are much worse if you don't ask yeah. so just might as well do but yeah you bring up a good point um, and I think that applies for business opportunities as well. Like if you're in a business or you're doing sales, you're going to have to, you're going to get rejected most of the time, but I mean, you got to ask regardless, cause you you might get that one person or that couple yeah. of people that will make up for all the other no's that you got. Um, so it's definitely, again, there's so many lessons to be learned from what we've been doing, uh, not only from the guests that we've had, but also just kind of our journey, uh, to getting these people. Like it's been very, I think for us, it's like, as Interesting to get these people on there and figure out who we want and what you know what value they bring to the, our guests. Uh, to, sorry, to our audience, um, and we just continue like we just want to well, continue doing that.
2: While we're on the topic of of guests, I want to encourage um, our listeners to you know submit submit guests that you guys would like to hear on the podcast uh, that really like would um, help us out in terms right. of getting you know folks that you want to hear their stories. So um, you can go to the dot slash submit to submit a guest. Uh, and I want to, I want to take a second to, 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 to really define like what we m- m- think of as a founder. Obviously the podcast is called the founder hour. Um, and I know founder typically can mean like a founder of a business. Right. And, um, I want to, I want to really clear that up cause I don't, I don't think that that's the way we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, is, you know, founder could be any, any person who's almost like taking the leap to do something, whether it's creating a business, a nonprofit, a movement, even a product, you know, it's like, you don't have to have created a company to be a founder. Yeah. You could just be a creator. You could be an entrepreneur. You could mm-hmm. be a visionary, uh, but someone who's like taking action towards something that they really believe in. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we've interviewed like Kalise, for example, and she's obviously a founder, but she's also a creator. And that, that is exactly kind of what we, what we mean by that. So.
0: Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Alex? I
1: I, I was just thinking about... Um, I've been reading Howard Schultz's book, The Guy That Started Starbucks, mm-hmm. the, his first book, and it's an awesome book. And yeah. I think... I just assumed he started Starbucks from scratch and yeah. maybe everybody else knows this, but it's just like he just saw this vision of how mm-hmm. much bigger this quality coffee thing could be. And... He,
0: he was just, working for Starbucks, right?
1: Yeah, he... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and he... They start with Pete's and stuff. They, he goes yeah, through yeah. the whole story. And at one point, he left Starbucks, started his own chain. He, and then he came in and, and saw Starbucks.
2: what Starbucks should be. Yeah. And he...
1: And he also traveled Starbucks. a lot through Europe. Yeah. And it's like he got his, you know, great ideas from, from Italy and stuff. Little, yeah. And it's like he's the one that built it, though. And, and the thing he was always focused on that struck me was scalability. It's yeah. like he always made from the beginning. He's like, I got to have the right team. I got to be scalable. And it's like all the questions a, a typical founder has, I think, too. And he was thinking about them early on. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's an awesome book, and um, he's a very impressive person.
2: What's, what's the book called again? Uh, pour
0: a, Your Heart Into It. Pour Your Heart
2: Into It, yeah. yeah.
0: I remember listening to – he was on How I Built This with Guy Raz. It was a live podcast. Um, and I, to this day, it's probably one of my favorite episodes yeah, of How Story's I Built phenomenal. This. Yeah, his phenomenal. Yeah, I mean it's, it's amazing because I think I, – from what I remember, he was working at Starbucks, and then he wanted to buy Starbucks, but there was somebody that outbid him. Um, who was not involved with starbucks and i think his attorney who represented him it's like green something is his name if i'm not mistaken greenfeld or something like that um his attorney basically persuaded like the original starbucks owner is like you guys got to give it to howard like this guy is the one that's going to drive the vision but yeah it comes back to the word founder it's like it's the person that kind of like is the person that incepts the idea it's like the inception phase of what, like Or perhaps, like, the person that had the idea but never ended up doing it, yeah. but told his neighbor to do the idea and his neighbor did it. Like, I would consider the guy that came up with the idea the founder. Like, maybe not of the company, but he was the one that inspired the vision or, you know, the product or whatever it may be. But, yeah. like, you know, Tenny Panosian, for example, um, is an influencer. But, like, I think her work allows other creators and visionaries to do what they want to do, you know. And yeah sure she's not a typical founder in you know the she could be Webster tomorrow she wanted to be yeah and yeah. I'm, I'm sure she will eventually leverage her community to become a founder of a company yeah. but right now she's not i mean she's still you know she's making money but that doesn't mean she's a founder but yeah i think the word founder is much more general in the way we see it
2: cool yeah just wanted to
0: just clear that up clear that up yeah um I want to kind of also take an opportunity on the after hours to talk about some relevant topics that mm-hmm. are, you know, currently, mm-hmm. you know, happening in the like state and age. Yanni and Laurel? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex, what did you hear? Yanni or Laurel? I heard Yanni.
2: Amazing. So did I.
0: Yeah, Yanni it is. I heard
2: Yanni, but I heard Laurel as well after a while, but mostly Yanni.
0: What about the one with uh Jimmy Kimmel's uh dude? What's his name? Uh, oh, uh, what's the guy's name? Guillermo, is that Guillermo. Him? <laughs> what I was the word? I forget. Was it Jell-O? No, not Jell-O. Yogurt. Yogurt. J-ogurt. Joker Joker or yogurt? He said yogurt. <laughs>
1: I didn't see that.
0: Yeah, I heard, I heard Joker. It was Joker or yogurt. It was like a funny little meme that was like on Instagram. A few people sent it to me and I, it was supposed to be a joke. Um, but it was funny. Um, so a couple of the topics that I'm curious about and, you know, one of them is a big topic. So I don't know how we're going to try to keep that minimal is education and just like loans, mm. like student loan debt. Like yep. which is insane. It's like out of out of hand. It's like one point three trillion. It's, it's up unreal like three
1: hundred billion like ten years ago. It yeah, it's Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Like I mean like everyone I know that's that went to school, undergrad, grad, whatever, like they're in some sort of like they're still paying back their loan somehow, some way. And it's just like a shitty system. Like you're literally paying fifty, sixty thousand dollars um, you know, for school, you know, for private schools at least, public schools, you're still paying in the twenty thirty range. And then you're not guaranteed a job. You're not getting paid well on that job. You're expected to go, you know, pay your bills and live, you know, on your... Like, it's just a never-ending cycle of fuckery, if you ask me. It's, like, pretty damn bad. So, I mean, I, I don't know, Alex. I feel like you have more knowledge into this area. Is, like, what is the... Sol- is there a solution to this? I It's got to be the area... I think it's been surprising
1: that this area hasn't been disrupted more with so much technology. And maybe it's slowly happening on the margin. And you kind of see, like, especially, like lower like private schools that used to charge a lot of money but maybe weren't that great of schools they're kind of slowly going away i think um so you kind of see some stuff like that but it seems like at the top schools especially top 50 they just keep raising their prices and people keep willing to pay it and so i don't know in the long run what happens it just feels super unsustainable to me because it's like how do you graduate with so much debt and like, undergrad degree doesn't mean what it used to 30 years ago. Not at all. So, yeah. And then you still have to go to graduate school and stuff. So Then you have f- debt from
0: there. Yeah, you're
2: paying more for something that's diminished in value. Yeah.
1: And it's really yeah. bad for our economy because, like, think about, like, household formation. People want to get married and have kids, and those things are good for society. Yeah, but if they're stuck our with generations with are going to have money debt, for a yeah. down
2: payment on a house.
1: Yeah, it's tough. kidding me? Um, so, I don't know. It, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know what the solution is. I've been surprised that things haven't – people – I think it's just we've gotten in habit and have this idea that you have to go – Whereas you look at other countries, school doesn't cost as much or this yeah. apprenticeship is more accepted. for us for our society, that's not as much. Which I think
0: is a great idea, yeah. by the way. I, 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 we talk about it I think it that's going to happen.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, like it's going to happen soon as people are going to be foregoing college education, especially because you see, you know, the gig economy becoming big and entrepreneurship is obviously like getting bigger and bigger, just like doing your own thing. Um people are going to be foregoing college. I mean, there might be like micro, micro degrees and small programs that people decide to do instead of going through a four-year institution because of the fact that, you know, unless you're going into a very specialized field, like I studied business undergrad, right? Like I didn't want to go into finance. I didn't need to get a college degree. I don't regret it, but I'm obviously paying the price for it now where, you know, I'm not working a full salary job, right? So I would think that, seeing the trends around just in the professional you know side of things like uh, you know people are going to be starting to forgo going to college
0: yeah it's a change it's a changing environment like with the working world like you know i just every day there's like a new podcaster like i mean and i don't know what that's going to lead to but it just seems as though i mean sure like you could say that what you learn in school doesn't really apply in life but it just seems like it really has not like and I went to law school too. It's like, I just, I don't I don't know anymore. It's like, I wish, and I've heard people say it all the time, but like, obviously, you know, oh, I wish I knew then what I know now. But I think that's an issue. I think people should know then what they know now. Like, we should at least, you know, let people know, like, this is what you're, like, this is the expectation, like, there might not be jobs, like there might not be jobs in what you want to do. You might have to go create that, which means you're not going to be getting paid for a long time, which means you're not going to be able to pay your loans for a very long time after that. I think we're setting the wrong expectations for people by saying, oh, go to college. I'm not saying college is a bad thing. I mean, I went to USC. I loved it. I owe a lot of what I've done in my network to USC, but it just doesn't make sense on a cost benefit analysis. Probably not. Like maybe you will when I'm 50 years old. And I'm like, oh, like 50000 a year. I can pay that in a day, sure, but that's not the case right now. Like and right now we're in like the building phase. Like, you know, whether you're 20 25, 30, 35, 40, like you're still kind of hopefully by 40 you're not figuring it out, but like you're still figuring it out and things are times are changing. You have to be malleable to the times. Like if you're not, you're going to die out. So, and I don't think education, I don't think schooling right now is allowing people to be that way. You're just in this bubble, in this box. You're expected to think a certain way. And then you go out and you're like, oh, shit, like, what do I do then? Like, what do I do now?
2: Yeah, it's also like the, the, the content or like the stuff that you're learning in school. Like, is it directly applicable to your job? Like, you no. know, most people come out and be like, whoa, like, I'm not, I have to relearn things all over again. Yeah. I mean, I can just apply certain things, but, I, you know, I know the words for certain concepts, but yeah. you're basically learning just on the job and, and, and a much more, in a much more focused way, like on that specific job that you're doing. I just think, I also think like
1: the thing that trips me out about student debt is just, you're making these decisions when you're 16, 17, 18 years old, and then maybe twenty, twenty one. you never worked a job. You don't know how difficult it is to make money, you know? And it's like, but you're locking yourself in these hundreds of thousand dollars of commitments. And then there's like interest, like, like, I think one thing I missed is there was no financial education in school growing Mm -hmm. up. It's like, why isn't there no workshop on, like, here's how student yeah. debt works or, like, here's what you do? Like, there isn't much of that in high school no. here. Um, People
2: have just gone into this kind of mindset of, like, oh, I need to do that because it's the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes, you know, I, I know I have friends that, like, d- decided not to go to college directly out, out of high school, took, like, a year or two off and then applied to college. And, like, you know, that could be, I don't know well how they'll end up in their field, like, but that could have been a smart decision because they decided, you know, I'm going to figure out exactly... It's no. FOMO too, though. It's like yeah. all
1: your friends are going. Sure. I mean, how the heck do you – it's tough to it's be the, the kind decision. of person and be it's like, oh, decision. I'm not going to follow that crowd. But yeah. even if that's the right decision for me, you know.
0: Yeah. I, I think the biggest benefit of college is like the environment there. It's not the academics and being in class. It's the people that are there with you that are going through this you know, bullshit most of the time together. But, like, if there's another way to channel that... Right. Like, like, the
2: question is, does it have to be a $50,000 a
1: year? Yeah, no. no.
0: Probably probably not. Like, I mean, like, I just think the reason it's so expensive is because of these damn professors who whose salaries <laughs> just keep going <laughs> up. Like, I hope your professors aren't listening. I hope they all. are. <laughs> I hope they're ashamed of themselves. Um, I think there's a lot more to it, though. Yeah, I don't there, think it's just There the is. Professors. But, like, I mean. I mean, there's really no reason why schools should be upwards of $60,000, $65,000, 70000 And keep going... And what they're giving me, like the value isn't going up every year. It's the same amount of value. Why is it going up? I mean, like when we were at USC, like what, six, seven years ago, it was like 48, 50,000. Now it's like 60. So in five years, you are telling me they've had a $10,000 value increase per student. I don't think so. Like, what are they giving you that's much more valuable right now than they were
2: before? But like, applications are going up. Yeah, the, the the it is mind-boggling to me, by the right. way. So, like, I mean, at that point, you just keep charging more, pricing, and more and more. Or,
1: yeah, I mean, like, I don't know.
0: More supply demand, I'm assuming? I it know. just
1: seems crazy. Like, it's like in, in, when our kids, when we have kids in 20 years or whatever, whenever we have kids, but, like, going to college, it's like, are they going to be spending, like, a million dollars on My kids going to posh something?
0: you. <laughs> posh <laughs> you. Online you send learning, them there. baby, or what? Online <laughs> learning, except six people a year. <laughs> Hundred fifty thousand a kid. I'll teach them everything they need to you know. <laughs> see you soon, guys. Um, yeah, so that's the big one in college college education and just gra- under and grad school and just a student loan debt. And I'm curious to hear what you know our guests think as well. You know, you know, write to us. We want to really kind of see your thoughts. You know, send us an email at hello at the founderhour.com.
2: Listeners, listeners,
0: listeners. Sorry, guests, guests and too. listeners. Yeah, I don't think let the guests send their opinions too. Yeah. Uh, second topic. I know one that's close to Alex's heart. Um, investing. You know, uh, you know we get out of college, we graduate, we start working, um, and we realize, oh shit, we should probably save some of our money. Uh, and, and this ties into student loan debt, but when you have a lot of student loan debt, there's not much you could save. Um, but there are folks that are trying to save and, you know, you got to start somewhere, I guess. Um, so before we get into that, Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? So people are like, Okay, we'll actually listen to this guy, <laughs> as opposed to he's just some random dude sitting down with us, which he kind of is. But uh, <laughs> tell us, tell us a little bit about you know your upbringing. We love that question. Tell us about your upbringing. You know what? Did, where did you go for college and grad school, and what did you involve yourself? So with? after you
1: just bashed to higher education, I have to go talk about all that stuff. Go for um, it, yeah. <laughs> so I was born in LA. Um, you you yeah. Um. So, and I kind of. First, I want to be a lawyer. I thought that was like what I wanted to do. Oh, um, and then when I was 11, so this was year 2000, and there was the dot com bubble at the time. So you guys may have not remembered that. <laughs> I
0: love. That. I feel like I've heard this phrase from like three guests. It was that's, around 2000. It was the dot com bubble. That was the most you guys common thing that's Bounded all of our guests <laughs> yeah. together. As a dot-com yeah, the dot com bubble. bubble. Yeah. Hmm.
1: But I just remember, like at the time, everybody was talking about these hot tech stocks and investments yeah. and stuff, and. My dad uh, had set up this little college account with, you know, a few thousand dollars. And he's a dentist, right? He's a dentist, but he'd always yeah. invested on the side just for fun. Yeah. Um, well, not for fun, but he kind of just, I don't even know how he got into it exactly, yeah. but he, he loved it. And uh, so he's like, all right, pick a stock that you want me to put in some of, some of this because this is for your college or whatever. And um, so I picked this company called Lucent Technologies mm-hmm. at the time, which was like one of the high flyers. And I remember it was $56 a share. Why'd you pick it? I looked at the chart. And I was flipping through this book, and I was like, which stock is going up the fastest? Because I want to get rich. I don't want to – I want to retire at, like, 15 years old. Um, and this one was going up, like, crazy. Like, the chart was straight up, you know. And so I bought it. I put, a, you know, most of – whatever I thought was a lot of money at the time in. And then I remember, like, a year or two later, it was 50 cents a share. So that's the whole investment, basically. And I was like, this is the worst experience of my life. I suck at this. And But the other stock he had put in there was um, – something called Berkshire Hathaway. yeah, And so that's obviously run by Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, who I'm huge fans of.
0: Yeah, you're like a Charlie Munger-like fan I love that guy. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I love that
1: guy. Um, But I just started learning about, like, why did this one continue to do well while the other one collapsed? And I just kind of got more and more into it in college. I didn't one thing, like an internship I didn't enjoy much. And I was like, why don't I go do what I want to do? So got an investing job by just contacting, like, over 100 people, like an alumni book. Um, so that's where, you know, my college helped out. I was yeah, at where'd you go? Dartmouth, in yeah. New Hampshire, which I hadn't barely seen snow before that, so I froze my butt off.
0: <laughs> Four um, years, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, like three and a half, yeah, so. And then I uh, worked in Baltimore, a big investing firm, and then went to business school at Stanford, and then kind of came back to L.A. because I wanted to come home and uh, continue to work here as well, so in the same kind of capacity, but.
2: Nice, so tell us tell us what you do now.
1: So basically, like, our job is, like, my job is to find good investments for, for our clients, and, like, it's people who, Uh, they tend to be wealthier, I guess, on average. So they kind of want to have, you know, pretty, you know, good investments for them that they can hold for a long period of time. And so try to find, like, good companies and things like that for them. And these are just all my my views, I guess, um, on this. But you kind of think about, and I think the biggest thing with investing we forget about, and I think with stocks is a big temptation, is you just see the number, right? And it's bouncing around every day. It seems like it's kind of random. But you're really buying a piece of a business. And that's how you have to think about your investing. It's like, you know, is this a good business? Do I trust the people running it? And does the valuation make sense? And I think no matter if you're looking at a private investment or how, what you buy in a venture capital, whatever, it's you're still kind of making those same decisions. I
2: rewatched The Wolf of Wall Street the other day (laughs) and like, you know, pumping dump stocks and like they were just paying for the price and they had no idea what the companies were because they didn't even exist. Yeah, some people Uh, see it
1: as like gambling, right? And it's like, it's no different from Bitcoin or something like that. And they kind of lump everything together, but... You really have to think about, you know, you're buying a piece of a business. And I think that's the thing that people forget about. And it's like, if you, like, just because I think with the stock, it's, you have what's called liquidity. So you can get in and out very quickly. It's an easy button up to press. But if you were owned that business, right, you, you wouldn't be jumping in and out every hour or every week right. or something. Like, you'd be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to, what am I going to do for the next 10 years? Yeah. And what can I invest? But isn't in? that
0: easier if you actually have, like, it's easier when you have money.
1: Well, I think you can, I mean, with the, Share of stock. It's like you can start learning with you know, you know, stocks trade at all different prices. So right. I think the important thing is just like
0: no, I meant like, but to stay with it long term.
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully you're saving some of your paycheck or something like that and investing it on. Yeah, the Yeah, if side you're going
2: all in on one stock, like you're not really yeah. diversifying. Like, you're, yeah, right. it's, you're going one way or the other. But uh, like people always say, like, um, it's like. For example, Tesla, right? Like They go like, oh, Elon Musk did this and their sh- share price went down. And I was thinking like, you know, the company is just doing so well. Like, look at what they've done. Mm-hmm. Like, that company is... Like, obviously, there's so many factors you just never know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, like said... Well, I think said, the stock like,
1: market moves on expectations. So if everybody yeah. thinks something's going to be awesome and it turns out to be pretty awesome but not fully awesome, like the growth of the company or okay. something, the stock will go down. Because the stock market is basically saying it's a... Voting mechanism essentially of what everybody thinks about investment and they 're pricing it so there's you know millions of people whatever around the world that are pricing you know this thing with by their actions and so you kind of have to think about like is my view different than what everybody else thinks or what the m- consensus opinion is so if everybody thinks this investment's going to be awesome it 's going to be priced to be awesome it 's going yeah. to get at a very high multiple and so, so i know like
2: like warren buffett does like you know his his thing is like value investing yeah um and then there are there are folks like um that are more like contrarian when it comes to like oh like the market thinks this but i'm I, you know actually see i guess it's sort of the same thing right like you know undervalued stocks that Buff- the market yeah. yeah
1: i think it's like when somebody you buy when you're buying somebody's selling so you Either one of you is wrong. Right. It's like it's uh, you're not you're both going to be right. So you have to think about like what advantage do I have when thinking about this, or what do I think differently than the person who's selling this to me? Um, so that's kind of what you have to think about. And I think you have to have your own style. You can't be perfect at everything. It's like what are you good at? And some pe- for some people, the right answer is just buy an index fund because there you get a little bit of everything, and generally the you know things do okay over time. You do well over the long term, but uh, it's just it's different and sometimes it, the contrarian mindset is smart because for some people if you can do it because it's like when everybody else is really down on something and you say hey maybe things are not as bad as people think and this thing is underpriced yeah. then you jump in there so i
2: think i you know and anything to be contrarian is like you have to have more knowledge than the people that are you're going against because you yeah. need to know mm-hmm. what it is to know what the opposite is or what you're going yeah. you know but, what i mean but you guys were so you contrarian do more work. to start
1: this too it's like this is a all thing about life you know it's yeah you know, if somebody came at you could pitch me a podcast. I'm like, well, there's a zillion podcasts out yeah, there. You know exactly. what I mean? So what's your competitive advantage? You know, I think that's something you've, you've kind of answered. It's like you guys have built something really cool. And somebody told me this in, in business school. It's a really smart classmate of mine. He's like, no matter what you're doing, if you want results different than average, you have to take chances that are different than what everybody else, what, the consensus you yeah. know, sometimes it doesn't end up right, sure. <laughs> it doesn't, of course. But, but, I,
0: but I feel like, regardless, you'll still learn something out of that, yeah. So, hopefully, without losing that much money,
1: if you want, yeah, in life or whatever, any decision, if you want outsized positive results, you have to be willing to take do it something different than what You're everybody right. else is doing. So,
0: Alex, as far as investing is concerned, what is like one tip that you have for like younger investors, like younger folks, you know, I, and when I say younger, like you know, 22 to 30 years old, like, you know, graduated and, you know, early on in their careers, you know, what is one thing that they could be doing or should be doing perhaps, you know, um, to help them in their investing journey?
1: I think it's, I mean, there's a few things. I mean, I I think the number one thing is just keeping it simple and only buying things that you kind of understand. I think people get in trouble. Like when I did my first time, I, I bought a stock. Why did it end up so badly? I had no idea what, Lucent did. I had no idea about what it should be priced at. I didn't know what I was doing, but you kind of learn over a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think sometimes people are like, oh, what's the one stock I can put a little bit of money in and then get rich and retire. And I think that's extremely unlikely. Um, so it's really like keeping it simple, like saving. Oftentimes the right answer is to buy an index fund for some people and just hold it for a long time. And I think people just get in trouble when they, they're kind of gambling. Like they're kind mm-hmm. of saying, okay, what's like oh, here's this hot stock tip I got. Let me go put a bunch of money in it. And they try to get in and out of stuff yeah. very quickly. And it's just the track record of doing that is very, 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 very difficult. Um,
0: yeah, just think about it. Warren Buffett's been doing it for like six decades and yeah. he's still going.
1: And he's learned for – he's changed his style. Early yeah. on, he would buy like not great businesses that he thought were just cheap prices. So the company, Berkshire Hathaway, that he originally bought was a textile mill. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being like not a great investment. Um but he realized, like, why don't I go buy companies like See's Candies, which are great com- companies and great businesses that have what's called pricing power. And, you know, they can raise their prices over time and they don't really, really require a lot of capital to open a new store. And just, you know, he's, he's, he, as he moved towards that, he, that's where he made a lot of his money. I
0: actually listened to an interview of his a few days ago and he said, I think something that you said was that when he's investing, he's buying businesses. And he said if it was up to him, he would buy all of Apple. Yeah. Like if it was allowed, he would just buy all of Apple. I think he owns like five percent of Apple now. Yeah. Um, but that's that's interesting because I don't you don't really hear that where, you know, usually it's like, oh yeah, you know, let me put my money here, but you're not really thinking about being when I say invested, like fully invested like emotionally into that business and the growth and well being of that business. But I think that that's perhaps a smarter way to you know really kind of put your money there. Yeah. So that was something that, I mean, I guess both of you guys Yeah, said it that. tells you
2: how important it is. Like, like you said, like some people just look at the number or the trend and they just yeah. like buy based on that. But who goes and looks at the financial statements and sees like, you know, oh, like, wow, they're actually much – this company is much better than what they seem to be on the stock market. Like, or like and that's what team. he does, right? Like he yeah. he yeah. finds undervalued businesses and he buys it because he knows the stock is going to go up after. Yeah,
0: so. and he's looking at like the team of the people that are running it. Like everything. It's basically the industry,
2: like, what business are they in? What's their competitive advantage? It's like, like venture all capital
0: things. in the public space. Yeah. It's essentially what it is.
1: I think management matters. And that's something like I think he learned and something I learned over you know over the last few years. It's like you're really partnering with that people because those people. People, yeah. the CEO, their management team—they're running it. You're not there. But it's the same thing. If your if your friend came to you and and came and said, "Oh, I have this idea. Let me. Do you want to invest?" No. You'd be, <laughs> you'd be like, you know, you'd be thinking about, you know, do I trust this person? Is this person ethical? Are they hardworking? Yeah. You know, those same questions you want to ask of a when you're buying a stock too. I think.
0: Yeah. Know? What does Alex Martinian want to do? Five years from now
1: i don't know i think uh who knows i don't know life you, is unpredictable I, I you know you never know what's gonna well, happen i
0: feel like you're very i feel like i, I haven't heard the recording yet because obviously we're recording right now but i feel like you have a voice for podcasts um, <laughs> and, and i feel like you'd be great like you'd be great for like some sort of like millennial money type like i like that you know, top, yeah. i mean i think it's a, i think look the thing with podcasts is i like podcasts that are like you know need based and like have some sort of vision as opposed to just like people sitting around talking like there's really no value in that. Like there needs to be some sort of value I take away on my commute or my run or like at the gym. And I think one big issue with, you know, student loan debt and, you know, you know, people, you know, working jobs and investing, like a lot of things that revolve around money is that we don't really know what we want to do with it. Like, and I think it's just like the nature of being, you know, young and not really having experienced much yet, but I think there would be a lot of value perhaps in, um, you know, whether it's you bringing on guests like yeah. we do, or you just going on every five minutes and t- <laughs> 10 minutes and talking about a certain thing, like I think people want to kind of interact with yeah. things like that, especially once they get a little bit more serious and they get out of their like immature, like childish ages. Uh, I, like I, just I think recently, it's like not did. that
1: hard, too. You know, it's no, like I think no. we, I think people in finance, especially, they make things too complex, yeah. where it's like you follow like a few simple rules, which all of us are capable of doing exactly, and you're 99% of the way there. And sometimes keeping it simple, you're gonna have way better results than somebody who tries to. Be smart about it, you know. So it's so yeah.
0: complicated that you don't even want to interact with it. Because the like truth is, at the, the
2: end thing. of the day, nobody knows. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody really knows what's going to happen. You just ha- you just could make the best educated guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's really what it is.
0: I'm going to ask you a random question because I love doing that. Um, what is your favorite movie of all time?
2: Ooh, I was expecting frozen yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I love The Godfather one, and I love Casablanca. Those two hmm. movies are. I haven't seen I, Casablanca, and I, like, and I like Dark Batman, Dark Knight Rises. And, for, and yeah, those for three one. are probably my ask favorites. Ask for one.
0: Yeah. Why, why Godfather Part 1?
1: Just the acting is unbelievable. I mean, it stands the test of time. You think about how they think about power. Like, the scenes are memorable. The characters are memorable. Michael um, Corleone.
0: Yeah, Corleone. Um, I-, I love I mafia know. stories. I love yeah. it. It's like my favorite thing in the world.
2: Yeah, Sopranos to, the, to this day is my favorite <laughs> yeah, show Really? Yeah, that's a yeah. good show too. Because same thing. Like, the acting yeah. is unbelievable. I've never seen anyone act in a role better than James Gandolfini. Yeah, he's amazing. He's, he's amazing unbelievable. Guy. Yeah.
0: We lost something good. Then, yeah, but, for sure.
1: Um, it, but those shows, it's like you watch them even 10, 20 years later and they still, you're like, this yeah, is just great. as entertaining as, yeah. whereas like, you know, the super special effects Sometimes stuff. Sometimes better than like, what's like yeah, today. Yeah, it's like, awesome. You know. It's like
0: real stories. Yeah, it's a story, man. And that's but. like, the, it's, the, like the, it's, it's why we did the Founder Hour because I think the best way that I learn at least is through story. Like, I don't learn well when you're like putting something in front of me or like you tell me to learn something. Like, if you tell it to me in story form, it's going to stick. Yeah. And I think there's, like, power to stories. Like, whether it's visual stories or audible stories or, I don't know, other sort of like, or food. Like, for me, food is a story. Like, for me, like, what's on a plate is a story. Like, somebody kind of put that together and it's a story and I'll remember that. Yeah. So, perhaps something to think about is how to tell more things in story, how to do more things in story form. Mm. I think it's powerful. Yeah. I think it's powerful. Folks, there you have it—the Founder Hours After Hours episode three. Alex, thank you for, for having spending me. This some fun. time. Yeah. Thanks for being on yeah. it.
1: Great is conversation. You guys are doing cool stuff. So thank you. It's yeah, fun to be
0: here. So, just want to make sure you guys are tuning in week after week, subscribing. It's important for you guys to subscribe.
2: Yeah, subscribe to the newsletter.
0: Subscribe to the newsletter. We send out a newsletter right before we launch an episode every week, uh, and that's growing. We have hundreds of people to the podcast. on there. Subscribe mm-hmm. to the podcast for sure, so you guys are up to date. And, yeah, just we want you to be a part of this. We want you to engage with us.
2: And if you guys have any feedback for us, always happy to hear it. Please email us at hello at thefounderhour.com.
0: And if you have any interesting frozen yogurt flavors, send it our way. We'd love to try it. Send it our way. Follow us on social media at thefounderhour. I'm Pat. Nope. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm Posh. What, you're Pat now? I'm Pat. He's Pat. He's Alex. And we're out. Peace.